0: You're listening to Chatting with Copywriters. I'm your co host, Kimberly Weikamp. And I'm Bobby Lind. And on each episode, we break down the mysteries of copywriting and marketing.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Chatting with Copywriters. In today's discussion, we're going to be talking about how to add scarcity ethically in your marketing. But before we do, you know, Bobby and I really like to talk about random topics and relate it back to marketing. So, Bobby, today I have a question for you. Oh, bring it on. All right. So, think back a few days, maybe. And uh, can you remember one of your most memorable college classroom experiences?
0: a few days. Ha, huh, you're so funny. Yeah, actually, so um, when I was, when I was going through for my computer science degree, one of the, um, one of the classes was computer ethics and morality in the digital age, because when I, when like I talk about, my robot, well, sort of, right, so, I mean, as, from a computer science perspective, AI was a very real track for me, um, not that I went down that path. The, the, the world of the internet and the world of computers is relatively young and new. And there's not a lot of, I mean, as we go on, more rules and regulations and everything kind of get thrown into it. And that was part of the whole premise of this, of this course was the ethics and morality of using computers because it collects a bunch of data. What do you do with that? You know, how do you protect it? And starting to put physical world rules into a digital world. And one of the exercises that we did that, most of the people in the class had a really fun time doing until I opened my mouth was, um, the, the whole class had somehow been stranded somewhere. And we now had to create the rules and laws of our society for everybody being in the class. And they were really good. They were talking about, you know, this guy was going to set up his house up there. This girl was going to go, she was going to go do this. And that, you know, so they were happily going about in this, wonderful beautiful society that they were creating and I'm just sitting in the back going first of all this is a really boring discussion because we live in utopia right now apparently mm-hmm. and so I I killed the kid next to me in class because he had an apple that I wanted to feed my children and that just threw the class in this massive uh, you know ordeal and they're like but wait a minute what did, why, why did you do that I'm like because well, you've said stealing is wrong, but I have to feed my children. So the only way that I could get it was for it to be mine. And so therefore I killed him and took over his all of his property. And they're like, you can't do that. I'm like, well, yes, I can. We haven't created a rule around this. this. is There's no morality and ethics around this yet because we're creating this as they go. And then they're like, oh my God, but it was murder. I'm like, no, it wasn't. I was feeding my children. He just happened to get in the way of that. So I was being the mama bear and I was protecting my young. And you know, we just went into this you know, really big detailed level because somebody, ha- I mean, somebody had to, because that's what happens in the computer world today is somebody goes, ooh, look what I can do with this. I can hack in because it's making the world a better place when I can expo- expose this flaw. And it happens in the digital age an awful lot. And you'll see, you'll see that somebody will try something, they'll do something in this wild, wild west of things, and then they'll go through and, you know, they'll try it and they'll they'll test the ethics and morality of what's going on in the digital age. So yeah, super fun class for me. Um, Teacher loved it because, you know, I got to stir things up class, not so much. But um, yeah, so that was that was one of my experiences. How about you? You know, I had something very similar. Um,
1: I went to university at just north of uh, what we affectionately call in the United States the Bible Belt, and I was in an intro to religion course, right? And you start the class by looking at the different philosophies, not religions, but you talk about the philosophies of what might have formed the idea of needing a religion in society. Uh-huh. And so we, we kind of study four different philosophers, uh, two of whom would have kind of a philosophy of the idea of there is some kind of God. And then two of whom w- who said, you know, basically your religion would be something more on the ground, right? Uh, uh-huh. Your religion is based off of family or your religion mm-hmm. is based off of meaning to protect yourself, right? Uh, and we were supposed to uh, have a debate in class, right? Class is divided into two, and we were supposed to have a debate about whether or not God existed using the different philosophies, right? So we had okay. to, you know, pull from the philosophy saying, in this situation, this is what is going on because of this philosophy, right? And no one in the class – I ended up being on the side of there is a God. And uh-huh. but the people on the there is no God could not – actually do the intellectual discussion of there is no God because none of them believed that. So they were all saying, you know, oh, well, no, really, it's going to be this way, this way, this way. So I ended up playing devil's advocate for the wrong side because Uh no one would actually make the discussion real. And, you know, whether or not you do believe in a God, that kind of a thing, it's it's the intellectual approach, right? You have to say, okay, from this philosophy, is this true? Yes or no. And it was so interesting to me, right? Because this entire class is like, we can't make this discussion work because none of us can think outside of what we personally believe. And then of course they were all paid back because that was an essay question on the exam. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sure that was very, very interesting. Uh, for all of them. But, you know, that kind of really segues greatly into our discussion today about- Yes. Scarcity.
0: You know, from, from, from murdering to is there a God, we're talking about ethics today, right? We're
1: talking about ethics and marketing, specifically about creating scarcity, right? Most of us know that if you don't give humans a deadline, if you don't give humans an end date, if you don't tell humans that something is no longer going to be available, right? FOMO, everyone, fear of missing out. We're not very motivated to take action. So a lot of marketing you'll see has some kind of scarcity element to it to Mm -hmm. encourage people to try a product now as opposed to later. Um, So Bobby, what are your thoughts on how can you create that scarcity ethically without really crossing any of those boundaries? Because we do have rules and laws in marketing, but Uh then people still try and skirt them. So what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, so I'm actually going to start not so much from a a what should you do, but an absolutely what you shouldn't do because it's a great way to kind of start the, it's a great way to start the conversation. And one of the ways that I have seen scarcity done very incorrectly, very wrongly, and really skirting on those lines of is it ethical is that big banner across the top that says only 10 available, right? (laughs) And this is whether it's a physical product or you know this offer is only available for the next 15 minutes the k- timer goes down the offer still is available you refresh the page it's available for 15 minutes again or something like that right this is kind of what i consider a, a, a low of lows in in the way that marketing is done from an from an uh, ethically from an ethical standpoint because this is this is the i mean it's the definition of false scarcity there right. are not just 10 more and you can give them a special for the next 10, you know, which is part of the ethical side of what we'll get into, or you can give something extra unique and special away in those next 15 minutes. And if you refresh something new is happening, that's fine. But it's it's that fake, it's only 15 minutes. I need you to make a decision right now because this is all gonna be gone and for the next person, it's oh, it's only 15 minutes and this is gonna get you know. So if everybody knew that lands on the page sees that same level of scarcity just to try and get them to buy that product right now but it's not real scarcity that's the wrong way to go about doing it so I kind of want to start with what really not to do that I've seen you can do that in the right manner which we I'm sure we'll get into but that's the way that I've seen to not do it
1: absolutely or I've seen um you know, people have encouraged those who have like services, right? They're, they're offering a service, so they're offering something digital. So there isn't necessarily an allotment limit, right? People will say, oh, well, just tell people, just tell people that you're only going to take two, uh, that you can only take two, right? And I say, well, you can change that very slightly. I only offer two a month. I only offer two uh, a quarter of whatever uh-huh. you're talking about, right? Let's talk, let's say it's it's a free strategy call. So you, or, um, you know, taking on new clients, right? If you say I only take on two new clients a month and you're taking on three, well, then that's false scarcity. And I am not a big proponent of that. But if you literally only have two slots in your calendar, uh, and you're going to take two new projects, if you only get one, you only get one. But if you get two and you get number three, then you say, so glad you reached out to me, but, uh, we're going to have to schedule that for next month. That's mm-hmm. another way of saying it. So I think one way that you can kind of uh, you know do it ethically, but also twist the conversation a little bit is instead of saying "there's only X amount available," is I only offer X amount, right? That's yeah, exactly that's true. That's yes. what you're offering. That's what you're allowing. Um, you know, I work with a lot of software companies, and they say, "Oh, well, everyone can." You know, we can only because of all of the onboarding, because of all the different things they have to do on both ends, they can only take on three new projects a month. And that's because that's how many people they have. So when they yes. do any kind of marketing, they can fill out their schedule for the next four months. Uh, but that's because they literally only have
0: the amount of manpower to do three a month, right? Absolutely. Well, it's that that because and the that's why, that is what takes it from being you know, potentially unethical and how you're trying to get people to do things to giving them the reason why, as long as even that is still correct and and, and is true. So if you only have 10 left, because that's, I mean, you're running the sale and you legit only have 10 products left, tell them you have 10 products left because it's an end of season sale, going out of stock sale, going out of business sale, whatever that is, you see these all the time. What I find really interesting is this isn't necessarily, this whole ethics and morality and scarcity isn't necessarily restricted to online businesses. Right. Case in point, there's a a company, there's a business that's down the street for me not to, when we first moved here almost a year ago now, it was going out of business and had 60% off everything. A year later, it's still there. It's (laughs) no longer going out of business. And it's not, you know, things aren't 60% off anymore. And I just stare at this and I'm like, this is, I mean, you're, you're sending that wrong message. Sure. You might get people in the door and you might get them there fast, but especially for repeat customers, you can only cry wolf so many times. Sure. It may fill your pockets right away, but that's where that ethical scarcity comes into play. So in a, in the digital world, it's be real and truthful, you know, change the language a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. for the next 10 this is the price, and that's fine, as long as that's real. If it's for more than that, come up with a different thing. Maybe you're giving away a different white paper PDF for the next hour, the next two days. They only get these specific add-ons, and and, and not necessarily upsells, but bonuses, right? Maybe they only get right. these specific bonuses for this period of time. Um, if you say that your doors are going to close because the new, uh, the new class is starting, right? So you've got here's here's my sale window, it's going to go for two weeks, Um, I'll accept sales up until this date and then doors close because then you focus on your class, that's fine. Reopen the doors later, you can do that. Don't reopen the doors the next day, that's not ethical. If you're going to do it on an evergreen, you add that scarcity by saying we can only allow so many in at a time to keep customer service high. We can only allow so many in at a time to you know, I mean, I don't care because today is Wednesday. You can give them any reason why, as long as it's a real, real reason. I'm only going to allow 10 people in today because the day ends in Y, right? Or whatever it is, give them a reason that's real, that can feel like real scarcity or this, you're only going to get this special report for the next, you know, for this month if you sign up. Then next month, give them a different special report or whatever the deal is, you know. Um, so there's a lot of ways that you can create scarcity, even in an evergreen product, whether that's a physical product or a digital product, it doesn't matter. There's ways to do that by adding the ethic, by adding scarcity and still doing it on the side where you don't rub your customers the wrong way.
1: Absolutely. And on, on that note, I have seen this a lot here recently, actually, um, where somebody is opening the doors for a product, right? Whatever the product mm-hmm. is, doesn't matter. And, you know, I'll get those three emails in one day saying, doors are closing, just a reminder, doors are closing, you're almost out of time. Mm -hmm. And then the next morning, I check my inbox and I have a message, extended for one day, here's why. And you go in and, you know, there's some story about everyone complaining that they missed out. And so they decided to extend it for one day. And I've seen that so many times here recently. It's like, "That's, that's not a reason. Now, yeah. I have seen before where, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get that message of, so apparently our payment processes were down for 12 hours. So we're extending this for 12 hours. And me, as the person who tried to buy it, knows that those were down because I actually tried and I couldn't get through. Or, you know, I had so many issues. I was, you know, emailing customer service so being like, I know this is closing soon. What's going on? That's true scarcity. Uh-huh. That's a true reason to then open your doors further. You know, there was some kind of tech issue. The servers went down, what have you. But yeah. just saying, oh, uh, we decided to extend it because we're nice. Then you've kind of undone all of that scarcity and you've undone all of the reason why. And people start to question. I start to question, did they just not get enough orders so they decided to tell people they have one more day? Like, that is my first thought when I see those messages.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely.
1: So, you know, when, you, when you're adding scarcity, as, as Bobby was saying, you know, it doesn't have to be something super in-depth, but it has to be real. So if you're talking mm-hmm. about a service, you know, say you only do two a month because you want to spend your time doing something else, right? I've seen it before with uh-huh. people who, uh, you know, they're advocating the online entrepreneurial lifestyle and they're like, look, I really like golfing. So I only want to do two of these a month so that I have uh-huh. time to get my golf game in. I'm like, well, okay,
0: yeah. that makes sense to me. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean, as, as, as a service-based business myself, I can only deal with five customers a month. And -hmm. even that's kind of on the high side on my, on my part, three of those spots are filled very quickly for me nearly every month. So there's only, you know, I can only accept two, two new people really at any given time, because there are only so many hours in the day. It doesn't matter whether you are You know, living under a bridge or running, you know, a fortune 500 company, a fortune 100, fortune 50 company, right? It doesn't matter. You still have 24 hours in the day. And me in the middle there that says, you know, hey, I run this business and it is service oriented because I'm the only one, you know, because I'm the one that does the bulk of the work there's only so many hours in a day that I can do things. So it is a legit scarcity for me to go, look, I can only accept two new clients because three of them are, it's either, you know, I've got a retainer client, I've got somebody who is as close to being a retainer client as you can get without actually being on retainer, right? You know, I've got new projects that get dropped in my, you know, and so that type of stuff. But new people coming on, I can't accept a whole bunch of new people and that's okay because it's real scarcity. It's, you know, if I tried to deal with 10 clients, then everybody would get substandard work and they wouldn't get my best performance. And that's the real reason why. And that's okay. And that happens with businesses and industries as they grow. Maybe you can take more, but there's that limit unless you've created the ability to really just make the big monster, you know, roll and snowball. And that's fine as long as you can continue to provide that level of experience. So that's another way that a lot of service-based businesses can actually add that scarcity by now, because if you don't, I'm going to have to push you out. You know, I cannot, I can only accept this many people because I give them that time and effort. If I can't do anything more than that, we're going to have to throw the dart down a month, you know, two months, depending on how many people you get interest. And in some of those like online, online courses and classes, they only open once a quarter, once every, you know, six months or something like that, because it's a very real, this is available now. I'm going to take away the, the new registrations. you can join our waitlist and be added to the next one, and that's okay. That's where that's how scarcity is done on an ethical basis.
1: Absolutely. You know, we, we've talked about a couple of different scarcity devices, right? Offering a particular bonus, offering a particular number of slots because of your availability uh, or because of uh, another reason, right? I only want to do one a month because that's, you know, I like meeting new people, but not too many, right? Okay, fine. You know, when you're, when you're talking about scarcity, there's a couple of options you have. You can do time-based scarcity. I, absolutely mm-hmm. not talking about not being able to do time-based scarcity, but there needs to be a legitimate reason right if you're going to offer people uh, an extra bonus for 15 minutes after signing up for something that's fine saying look this is the discounted price we like uh, getting people in depth into our product really fast and we find it's the best way to approach it but if you don't want to do it that's fine too but then when you decide to sell that product again it needs to be at a different price it needs to be more than what they could have gotten in in that 15 minute period. Because if it's not, then it starts to undo the trust and it starts to undo Mm -hmm. every positive uh, relationship you've built with your customers.
0: One of the fun ways that I like to do that with several of my, my clients is if they want to make it available on an evergreen status, that's fine. You have, I have a different website for them. That's, that's an inflated price or not necessarily inflated but, you know, but it's more than the price of the the sale that, that you're running at the time. So that if they want to come in at, you know, they come in through their other, you know, methods of marketing or whatever it is, or they just happen to find it and they still can get in, it's, it's, you get in at a much higher price. And so it's, it's, it's an, it's incentivizing them to take action during the sale because you can go, look, you can go here and see that I have it listed for this price. And that's fine if you want to pay that. But for right now, this is the scarcity because it's this price, and that's yes. another way to. It's another way to add it.
1: So, thank you for joining us. Uh, any last thoughts on? Uh, I think those were your last thoughts, actually, on, on scarcity yeah. and how to do it ethically. And, yeah. and basically, uh, the only thing do I it ethically. Add <laughs> is, is do it ethically, right? Have a reason. Have a legit reason, and explain that reasoning. To your audience, and then if you do offer that exact same thing, remember the scarcity that you've offered in the past and make sure that you're not undoing building that trust and likability factor. Thanks for listening to this episode of Chatting with Copywriters and our discussion on how to add scarcity ethically to your marketing materials. Check out our past episodes and visit us at chattingwithcopywriters.com. If you have a topic or would like to appear on our show, please get in touch with us by filling out the contact form. And don't forget to subscribe either at chattingwithcopywriters.com or on your favorite podcast service such as iTunes or Spotify. And if you like what you hear, please share it with your friends and leave us a review.